Hi, I'm Jacqueline Shepherd, and you're listening to Taking the Leap. LEAP is an acronym for Listen, Equip, Action and Patience. And the conversations on the podcast are based around this concept with people who themselves have taken the leap. There are some people who know from a young age what their calling is, but for most of us, that calling remains a pipe dream. Alexandra Shefford, no relation, I'll just add, was one such person, but is now a shining example of allowing herself to listen to her inner calling for just long enough. Earlier this year, Alexandra fulfilled her dream when her young adult fiction novel, Oh My Gods, landed on shelves and she was officially a published author. Find out how she went from talking the talk to walking the walk and taking the leap. P.S. The area I had booked was really quiet until the very moment we decided to start recording. And honestly, those men in the background, I'm sure they were trying to sabotage me with their sales pitch or whatever it was they were doing. So my apologies, as I'll say time and again, we live in the real world, we persevered. It's a short chat, but hopefully you'll enjoy it and get something from it. Congratulations, Alexandra. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you must still be basking in the glow of being a newly published author. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, absolutely. Basking in the glow is the right word. Um, Everyone has been so supportive and so excited about my book, not just my family and relatives, although they have been really supportive, but people I've never met before uh, DMing me on Twitter to say how much they loved it and following me on Instagram and it's just the best reaction you could hope for as a writer. Yeah I mean it's so exciting that you um, have published your own work that you're out here doing your thing and as I said you know when I read about you in terms of that process of getting from having that spark of an idea to actually being a published author it really spoke to me and it really resonated with me in regards to Leap hence kind of reaching out and we've managed to turn this around quite quickly to the point where I haven't had the chance to read the book fully <laughs> but I have read some of the first chapter which was available online and um, and I just think your writing is fantastic so I implore listeners to um, check out Alexandra's work. Thank you, thank you very much, <laughs> it's so sweet. Let's rewind, were the clues as to you being an author always there? What was school like for you? What were you like as a child? Yep, yeah, I've always wanted to be an author, always wanted to write. My first short stories I, I wrote when I was five. Um, I designed my own magazines when I was seven with my sisters. Mm. Um, so writing and writing fiction has always been a big part of what I've done. And I've always done it, whether it's for short stories or you know doing work experience at magazines, writing has always been there. Um, but I didn't think, and it was always a dream of mine, but I didn't think it would be anything more than a dream for a very long time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always something on my list, bucket list, to be a published writer. But it seemed like such an unachievable, huge task. It was always in the back of my mind for a long while. And I always like to think of that little voice in the back of your mind, you know, as the L of this acronym about listening. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's there. Like for me, uh, when I was at school, I used to always be in front of the class 
presenting in some way. I used to read teletext <laughs> and pretend it was my auto cue. So I really think the clues as to what you want to do as an adult are there from childhood. Absolutely. Can you, you can relate to that, right? Yeah. So like I said, writing short stories, um, English was where I excelled at school, especially the creative writing tasks. In fact, the creative writing tasks my GCSE, I got full marks on, which was quite unusual in my mm. school. So it was always there, that budding latent talent, as well as wanting to read constantly. Um, my mum would always tell me off for reading in the dark once the lights turned oh, off. Oh, I just had a stack of books by my bed all the time. Like yeah. I've always loved reading and fiction. Did you have a little torch? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I had a little nightlight and my mum was always adamant that's why I have to wear glasses now. But yeah. the optician said that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when you start to listen to those thoughts and, and those voices in your in your in your heart your mind I say often it can be thought of as intuition um, it can be thought as gut instinct or whatever um, but sometimes they can sabotage us as well and they sometimes prevent us from moving forward what are your thoughts on that yeah I think um, you're completely right it's a driving force for what you want to do but it's also the first thing that will say well are you good enough do you mm. have the time this is a quite a big risk for you to take um no one was telling me that I couldn't write. It was only me that was telling me I couldn't write. Mm -hmm. um, but in a way, because I didn't have any outside pressures telling me you can't do this, I only had to get over my own barrier in order to get where I wanted to be. And one of the things that I read, which I love, is that it was almost like you were manifesting it by writing it on, say, dating profiles, for example, that you're a writer. You know, was that your thing? Were you thinking, right, if I put it out there, if I say it, I'm going to have to do it that, at some point? Were you challenging yourself? Or? Not at that point. It was more that I thought I thought of writing and being a writer as a part of my personality, ah. but I wasn't actually doing it. It was mm. like, oh, I'm a writer. Oh, I'm a writer. Like I liked the idea of being a writer, but I wasn't actually writing that much. Mm. Um, and I think that's when I had to check myself and think, well, you can't just use this thing as an aesthetic or as a personality trait, especially if you're not actually doing it. And how long would you say you were sitting in that space for? Um, until I was about... 24 25 mm -hmm. um, and that's when I started to take more um, thoughtful steps towards becoming a writer and, and writing my work of fiction okay so let's talk about equip then yeah <laughs> equipping yourself I know that you took part in a course was that the first big step for you or how did you get to in a position where you were equipping yourself to actually start physically writing yeah it was definitely the first big step for me um, and I think what triggered it was a writing website that champions books by women for women called For Book's Sake. I've been following for a long while. A friend of mine actually set it up and they are passionate about equipping women with the tools to not, they don't want to just champion books by women. They want to get women writing. So they really put their money where their mouth is. And they started this course mm. in conjunction with another organization called Write Like a Girl. Girl spelled G-R-R-L. So mm -hmm. <laughs> a bit clever there. <laughs> um, and that course which aim to tackle self-doubt and aim to tackle not just, you know, the hows and whys and techniques of writing, but what's stopping you from writing, tackling that fear. Mm. And it seemed designed for my needs at that time. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's just a fantastic step in knowing all of a sudden these these opportunities present themselves to you it's like they've always been there but you need to be ready to see them yeah yeah and so then ready to kind of equip yourself and and start to go along that process so how long was that process then where you kind of felt like right I'm I'm, I'm doing this I'm getting myself I'm readying myself yeah it was a bit stop and start I can't say that I did the course and then 
I sat down every single day, five days a week to write, and it was all smooth sailing from there. There was still elements of this is getting too hard, I'm going to put it away for a while. Mm. But since becoming a writer, I've learned that those moments are fine. Those moments where you put down a project, move on to something else for a few months, then come back to it with fresh eyes. Mm. That's all part of the process. It's not necessarily this, you know, it's not like any other job that I, that I used to work on. It's like an office job project where you have to sit down and get it done. Mm. It's a lot of the work is taking place in the back of your mind when you're doing other things. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't smooth sailing, I wish I could say it was, mm. but there was an element of still, it, self-doubt is a constant battle for sure, mm. and it's not something I'm, I can still say, even with a book on my shelf, and um, books in bookshops, I can say I'm still totally happy with everything, with how writing is going for me. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's the thing, I think there are often curveballs along the way. People seem to think, oh wow, that person did that, that's amazing, and they, but they don't necessarily know. And what I think is really important to talk about uh, in, this, in this environment is, yeah, the, the, the trials and the tribulations that happen along the way as well. You know, for me, I had a massive breakup just mm. at the point in which I was about to uh, go for my dream job, you know, and suddenly I was having to deal with all of these other things as well. So were there any other uh, curveballs, perhaps, which suddenly seemed to be sabotaging you or was it more about your own kind of inner doubts which yeah. were real curveballs um inner doubts for sure I would say there were times when my day job got quite busy and mm. I had to retire writing for a bit like times when I had to work weekends or really long hours mm-hmm. and um do some firefighting that meant mm. that I was too exhausted to even think about writing my own book um and then yes I had a breakup as well during writing and I mm-hmm. kind of put it to one side for a few months but got back into it so life did get in the way but I didn't beat myself up when it did which I'm quite happy that I didn't do that because it's hard to work in these projects while maintaining socialized relationships full-time jobs if you have children as well or a family um so curveballs were yeah just life but it seems to be a recurring theme, you know, I think particularly relationships and the the impact that they can have on what you're trying to do. So if there is someone who's listening now who kind of thinks, gosh, you know, I'm going through this really hard time in my personal life. Mm. What would your message be to them having been through something similar yourself when you're trying to get something going? Um, I would say just put the, the project to one side and focus on getting yourself better. Mm. Um, you can't, I don't think... There's a lot of talk about tortured artists and artists who write from their pain, but I truly don't believe you can create something while you're dealing with other problems that are taking up all of your energy. So you need to be in the best position you can be in terms of your mental health, in terms of your well-being, in order to then create. At least I have to be. So I would say don't stress about getting this work off the ground. Just take the time out that you need to get yourself back into a place where you are feeling more quit to then create yeah yeah so your mental well-being is just well is the most important thing actually uh because the practical stuff you can always you can go back to it okay so you got yourself equipped so then you're ready to take action and you're ready to put pen to paper on this book now was this always the book that you had in you or were there a few beforehand that you thought right this is the one which is going to get published how did that come about yeah oh my gods was the only book (laughs) it's the only book idea I had for a long time um and it was the only book that I wanted to write so I think that makes it a bit easier because a lot of writers I know they um 
might get into a project and then they get the urge to start another project mm-hmm. and abandon that one and have lots of semi-started manuscripts and short stories and essays and poems and for me it's always been this one book so I've yeah. been quite determined and dogged in terms of finishing this one book which mm-hmm. I think has really helped me because I can only do one project at a time yeah and how do you then get to a place of okay so I've written the book but then you've got to get to get it published you've got to be speaking to other people you know there are there's so much that you can do but there's still a, a need to rely on other people to help realize or fully realize your your intentions I'm talking about publishers and kind of getting it on the shelves so talk me through that part of the process yeah so you're totally right and first of all I had to find an agent to represent me and to reach out to those publishers um most people submit their manuscript to dozens of agents I was really lucky in that my agent found me on Twitter and urged me to send her my manuscript once I was finished what stuck out to your agent about you what did she see that what were you doing that she thought I need to reach out to this person um I'm not actually sure why she wanted to reach out in general. I think she just liked the sound of me on Twitter. She followed me on Twitter beforehand. Um, She liked my... I guess she must have liked how I wrote and Mm -hmm. what I wrote about. And um, when she received the manuscript, she said it ticked so many of her boxes in terms of a story that she would have loved to read when she was a teenager. Mm. And we actually had a lot of the uh, the same teenage influences when we were reading. We loved a lot of the same books. So Mm -hmm. we were just very aligned in terms of our personal taste, which is really important when you're finding an agent. Yeah, okay. So agent was the first part of the the, the process. What happened next? Yeah, so the agent uh, sent me... Uh, rewrite edits Mm -hmm. so I had to do a complete rewrite of the book Um, the book was originally a diary format I mean he changed it from a diary format to a first person format Um, so I had to rewrite basically absolutely everything and then went around on another stack of edits before they sent it out on submission which is when they contact publishers who they think would be a good fit for it and send um, the manuscript plus um some information about me Mm -hmm. part of the reason that i'm so interested in in the length of this process is coming back to the acronym it's about patience i think that we're in a society which is very much set up for everything being quite immediate everything coming to us so easily because a lot of things do you know if i want to google something if i if there's a question i have burning i don't need to sit on it for too long i can literally get the answer straight away The reality, though, is when it's something that I think you want to be sort of long-serving, long-term, you do need to be patient with it. What was the time span for for this part of the process? Yeah, and I think patience is really key if you're wanting to be a writer because timelines in publishing just seem especially when I'm coming from the world of social media publishing timelines seem so slow um it was about six months from when I got an agent to when I went on submission so that's quite an intense editing process and about a month after I went on submission before I heard from any of the mm. editors um so yeah it seems like quite a long time especially when you're waiting anxiously for an email I think that was definitely the most painful part going on submission. I was refreshing my inbox all the time. Oh, bless you. Okay, so then when you finally got the the, the yes that you were waiting for, how did that feel to you? It was quite a drawn-out process because, first of all, um, Scholastic, my current um, publishers, they asked for the full manuscript, and then they asked if they wanted to meet me, and then I met up with them to see... um, who the people who have become my editors see if, mm-hmm. what they thought about the book and what direction they wanted to take in to make sure we were all on the same page and then there's a bit more waiting and then they said yes so it was like all of these things the fact they wanted to meet me 
and the fact that they'd expressed interest were all like on the way to mm. yes. So when they said yes, it wasn't a huge surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd come through, but um, yeah, it felt amazing to have someone say yes, and it felt amazing to have two editors who really got my book and had such incredible ideas about how to develop it and making it even better. Yeah, amazing. One of the things which I'm doing and I'm asking everybody to do is sum up their their leap. What would you say in regards to L to listening? Um, I would say, oh, that's a really, it, it sounds really simple and really basic, but to just ignore the little voice in your head um, that's telling you that you can't because it's very, very natural, especially as women, I think, to think of reasons why we can't do things. And I still find myself doing it now. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you want to do something, just do it. For me, it was to just sit down and write. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, for someone else, it might be to just get that course or do that qualification and um, if you don't do it nothing happens yeah and so with, with that you've expressed the e and the a as well oh, sorry <laughs> that's, that's okay so i guess the e is to is to just sit down and do it yeah and 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 that's the a as well taking the action and actually getting it done and what are your final thoughts on p patience Okay, so for patients, I would say, um, and this is a tip another writer gave to me, is that when you have all this interminable waiting, of which there'll be much to do, get started with another project. Um, Remember that the waiting bits are outside of your hands, there's nothing you control there. So get started on your next project and immerse yourself in that rather than refreshing your email inbox or checking your Amazon sales rank or any of these other things actually aren't important in the long term. Actually, I think that's really transferable advice. Um, Alexandra, I'm so excited about your future and, and what the future holds for you. I'm not going to be one of those people that's asking, you know, what exactly what's happening next, because this is happening now. And I think this is really exciting for you. Do you want to just give a quick summary to people that are not familiar with Oh My Gods and, and who, what you're hoping that people will take from the book? Yeah, so Oh My Gods is a young adult novel, uh, the lower end of young adult, so 11 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a girl called Helen who lives in London. Um, she's just moving in with her dad and her half-sister. Um, but Helen is some ways quite different to your average team because her dad is Zeus, king of the gods. Her half-sister is Aphrodite, goddess of beauty. And that makes Helen half-mortal. Um, since her mum died tragically four years before when she was age 10, um, Helen has been living with her Jamaican grandma, but she's now moving in with her dad because her grandma is getting a bit too old to look after her properly. So she's starting a new school. She's immersing herself in this new family. And crucially, their identity of being immortal has to be kept secret. Otherwise, it could prove uh, for a lot of drama and turmoil further down the line. Um, The problem is some of the gods, like Aphrodite and Apollo, don't want to keep their identity secret and long for the glory days of their times in ancient Greece when they were worshipped for their powers. Um, And Helen's basically got to keep them under wraps and deal with the usual uh, dramas of being a teenager, like boy crushes Mm -hmm. and new friendships and starting a new school all while dealing with her family who just seem hell-bent on making her life awful oh love it love it (laughs) thank you (laughs) definitely one for my nieces as well yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and available on all of the usual platforms yes yeah Yeah. um amazon bookshops waterstone places like that brilliant alexandra thank you so much i wish you all the very best and well done for taking the leap thank you for having me it's really fun